Hey y'all, Danielle here. Thank you so much for listening to Younger Student Abroad. I'm recording this on my phone, so hopefully y'all can hear me okay. It's been a while since y'all have heard from me, although I did give y'all a heads up that that would probably be the case at the end of the last episode, episode 103, that I put out in September. But I didn't want to leave y'all hanging completely, so here I am with my biannual tradition of putting out a mashup on Christmas Eve, and specifically a mashup of intro snippets of episodes that I put out this year and last year. And before I let those snippets play, I want to dedicate this mashup to my grandpa, Roger Conwell Jr., who passed away last month. Uh, two days before Thanksgiving, and his funeral and my birthday ended up being in the same week. So it's been a time, to say the least. He was a um, an educator and a principal in the city of Louisville, Kentucky for a little over 30 years, and he set a very strong precedent for valuing education and pursuing education in my family. And I don't think I ever told him about Young, Gifted, and Abroad. I'm not sure if he ever knew what podcasts were or if uh, he knew that podcasting was a thing that existed. (laughs) Um, But I can definitely say that he was an indirect but still very compelling influence on me eventually starting this podcast about people of color, especially Black people, studying abroad and and having um, various international learning experiences. So, uh, so yeah, this mashup I am dedicating to Roger Conwell Jr. Rest in peace, Grandpa. I would also like to say Free Palestine. Free the Congo, free all oppressed peoples of this world, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all, or to all of you who celebrate, of course. <laughs> all right. Happy listening. I became interested within that in the study of clothing during the period of slavery in Peru. And so that was what my Fulbright research was. What kinds of clothing mattered to them, especially as enslaved people who didn't get to make choices about what they wore. Um, I found lots of different cases, but one, for example, involved an enslaved man who stole women's clothing that he then gave to his sister and to his nieces Mm. so they could wear their clothes, their new clothes, like silks and laces and things like that to a bullfight where they could go somewhere in public and dress up and yeah and show be out. comfortable and <laughs> yeah and show out exactly and that that mattered to him right as a, a brother and an uncle i think those are things that even for modern folks who you know have experienced those things themselves like just being gifted clothing from someone who loves them mm-hmm. um that we can imagine how that feels right one of my favorites has been I went to the Seoul um, Pride Expo. I'm not in an artist collective, um, but know an artist collective in Seoul called um, Urban Strikers. You should check them out. Mm. That we haphazardly came across. I say we being a, a friend of mine who also went to the Seoul Pride Expo. 
because one of them was having a random uh, gallery in my neighborhood and we just stumbled into it. They were like, do you want to meet everyone else? And we're like, I think this was like the first weekend that I'd gotten out of quarantine too. So <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> and he was getting into a random car with some people and zipping around Seoul and ending up at this like cafe with all these artists and stuff and just like, spending a lot of like, like talking to them drinking and all of that i feel like all the stories are like drinking and eating and whatnot <laughs> but it was a good time yeah that's um, bonding yeah yeah so i can't pick just like as you see it's like one thing leads to another leads to another it's still a really very humbling experience because i have family members majority of my family um in texas haven't like been to Europe, you know? And so when I told them I was going, they were like, little old, little old Kristen, you know, where are you going? Girl. (laughs) You know, my mom had to, like, that was the time when she was like, okay, we have to initiate like a secret word. So that way I know you're okay. You know, I will be texting instead of just being like, oh, I'm fine. She'll be like, well, how do I know this is you? And so we have like a secret word we had to like come up with when I like first went abroad. She's like, kind of crazy about it. Like if I didn't text her the word, she's like, I'm going to call the police right now. Oh, like Chris, wow. like it's, yeah, it's even still humbling in the black community, but just even in my interpersonal life to like be like, yeah, I've been to Europe and you know what that was like. Um, and knowing that that just isn't, isn't an experience that everybody gets to have too, you know? The culture was always within me, you know, I'm in a home where my parents are speaking the language with me, I'm eating the food, I'm going to the Haitian churches, I'm just, I came here with uh, still that big sense of pride, like I'm Haitian, you know, but here in Ghana, they don't really understand almost like the Haitian American, the Jamaican American, the, you know, so to them, you're just black American, period. It wasn't until I sat in my class, um, it was an African area studies class last term, when my professor was like, show me your Haitian American passport. Mm. And I sat and I was like, I don't have a Haitian American passport because I'm an American. Mm. So I would say identity for me here in Ghana, this time around, this year coming back, definitely is a personal journey and something I'm still looking more into figuring out how I feel um, because that question really got me thinking yeah that six credits that I had left in the summer I found out about a program to the to the EU that Professor Emilio Viano I say he changed my life ran every year he was in the school of international service this program it was about the eu the european union mm-hmm. and you literally went to the european union i re- it was a great trip i want to say it's three weeks i know we started in paris not this isn't going to be in order i know we were in amsterdam we were in luxembourg we were in strasbourg we were in brussels and mm-hmm. we went to all of the eu the european union institutions it was great we had audiences with all the people you know, that you would need to have audiences with and can get into all of these government institutions. And we happened to be there during Brussels Jazz Festival or something. Ooh, nice. You know what I mean? It's like, did he plan all of that? I know. (laughs) It was the most fantastic experience. It really was. Wasn't doing anything, wasn't wearing bright colors, wasn't drawing attention to myself. Like, I have burgundy hair now, and it has, like, all of these jewels and gems in it. That was not me back then. I literally just had black braids. I was wearing all black. 
I literally was not doing anything crazy. Mm. Everyone would just stare at me. And it was so, just imagine, right? If you're, if you're walking outside and all of a sudden a velociraptor just like walks past you, like not doing anything, not looking threatening, just walks past you. You're going to stop and stare. That's how people would stare at me. If ever there is a time where like the only opportunity in the world for me to see Dermot Kennedy in concert was if he was in the Czech Republic, if he was in Prague, that's the only time, that's the only thing that would make me go back there. That's it. That is it. If Dermot Kennedy is like, I am only going to be performing oh. in Prague for the rest of my career, then yes, I would go back to Prague. Oh my gosh. Okay. Understood. Understood. <laughs> but I would definitely say with like Guatemala, it wasn't in a hotel. So that was a huge house that we stayed in. Hmm. You know, everybody had a roommate once again. I remember just being really getting to know the staff like they felt like family and maybe it's because i did have some of the the some of the spanish speaking skills that i'm there mm-hmm. you know speaking the language and some of the foods are very similar to what i eat so i remember really getting to know the staff but specifically the kitchen staff cuz i like to eat and my room was <laughs> right next door to the kitchen so i remember like smelling the the tortillas they were making in the morning you could hear them patting them you could hear them laughing and talking and i just it just felt like home away from home. But mm. I do remember having to adapt to certain things. You know, they didn't really have hot water. So we were having like cold showers and it wasn't really like really good electricity. So it was really hard to communicate back at home with family, which, you know, that's another issue because I have my child at home. I don't know if there's an emergency, but I checked in whatever I could when, it, when I did have service. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I didn't want to do South Africa because um, I told my advisor what can I kind of gain from doing something familiar? Mm. She was like, you know, going by yourself and for three months, it could be like a completely different experience than when you go with your family. And that's exactly how it was. I mean, by the time I left, I was saying things like, oh, I'm not really keen on that. Or like, oh, how's it? (laughs) (laughs) And when my my parents came toward the end of the trip, it was so cool because it's like, oh, let's go to this place. Like, it was like I was not a local, but I'm like, oh, this place has like the best service, the best food, X, Y, Z. You were the tour guide. (laughs) <laughs> I was exactly and um, I showed them where I did my internship and I'm like oh yeah this is the way I would go this is um these are the children who I've been talking about for months like it was really cool I, I really was able to see the diversity in Africa hmm. some people mention Africa as like a country and you think as Africa is just like super small and you know I asked some people how many African countries you think there are? And they say, what is it, like 10? Oh, like no. That. And, it's, it's, and it's like, it's like, 54, it's 54 African countries. You know, I think it was a, it was a beautiful experience. Like when I first went to Africa, I was in Senegal. And that first day I went to the beach and I just looked out and I cried. I'm like, man, this is a, this feeling is different. Like the sky just felt different. The air, it was just like a different feeling. And it was just, I was crying. I'm like, well, I was crying. And I'm like, man, I'm in Africa. This is the craziest feeling ever. So. It's very much not at all how it's being presented online or like in media. Hmm. There's diversity, absolutely, in that sense. In your day to day, you see it on the train, you see it uh, in schools. There are so many different types of people 
And it would be unfair to say that, oh, now there's just like one type of body type, which I don't think it's true. It's, it's a time of change in Korea in mm-hmm. many different aspects. And this is just one of them. Very grateful to be able to be a part of that. And now I like I'm front and center in a studio at a photo shoot and my picture gets blown up on a monitor and like 20 people are staring at it Mm -hmm. trying to decide if it's a good enough picture and we can move on to the next shot when i'm modeling when i'm in front of the camera it's fun to be able to be on the other side of the camera and just do what i think looks good because the thing with japan is no matter what type of degree you have or knowledge that you have as long as you don't speak the language it pretty much it cancels it out mm. so i had fewer options of course uh, after graduation every time i was doing that and i was always failing at the interview level because you already tell them that oh i can only speak english and i was arrogant to say oh i can actually speak french and english and saili and kikongo mm. and lingala and they look at me they're like yeah but no japanese <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> i speak six languages <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> so you have that you're coming with the arrogance of a polyglot and like speak many languages i have a master's i have actually a double master's and then they're like actually you have to be n1 level of japanese and i'm like okay mm. i'm out So I was always missing jobs like that, but uh, I was lucky to find a company that is pretty international as well. One thing that did happen over there was um, when we were going through the Colosseum, mm-hmm. like we were actually touring the actual Colosseum, like the Roman Colosseum, the, the great uh, fighting place for all the the big wars and or the fake wars, as they call it. The gladiators, the sea wars and stuff that they had over there. We were actually touring that. And so when we got through, like, as soon as we stepped outside the Coliseum, it started pouring down raining. Mm. And everybody just ran to hide somewhere. But that was just such a funny experience. And that really, I don't know, that really clicked something in us. Like, while everybody was just hiding, sitting under trees and stuff like that, everybody was just laughing and we were all having fun. Yeah. And I really saw how, like, Even though we all were from different states and different parts of the country and stuff like that, we all were just unified in that one moment. We all just laughed together and we, we had our fun together. And I really saw that happen. But anyway, we got invited to this pool party in the hills. And I was like, ooh, that sounds fun and empty. When we got there, little did we know, it was a whole music video <laughs> oh <laughs> so I was like wait so there's this music video you can see it on YouTube um, so if you watch the video you'll see me in there me and my friend and then the other girl who invited us there <laughs> <laughs> oh man I can't believe you were holding out and didn't mention that story that's amazing You so you were in a music video. I'm gonna look that up once we're done recording. <laughs> I was a little, I was an extra. We were all extras in the pool, but you see like snapshots of us. That's so cool. It's a good song that you can play today. Yeah, I would say if you have the opportunity to study abroad, do it because it's a once in a lifetime experience. Especially when you're in college, I think that's the best time to do it because you like. You learn a lot about not just the culture and the country you're going to, mm-hmm. but you learn about yourself. And I think 
that's worth experiencing. And for anyone that's interested in going to Jamaica, like, I think the best thing you can do is if you can, go with someone who knows Jamaica or, like, who is Jamaican. Mm. You get that, you get a more real picture of the island, the culture, the people, everything, everything else. Yeah. So it kind of made me grow up in a way, like become more aware and also to step outside my little bubble here in Michigan Yeah, to see that there's a bigger world out there. Now, you know, at this stage in my life, I just wish I could get it back. That's why I want to get over there. I know it won't be the same. I can't be 18 again. I can't be 20 again, but I just, right. oh, it's just so more, it's so much more romantic in hindsight, you know, like going to Versailles and having lunch on the steps if you want to. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Just love it. Yeah. Then people that live in Paris are like, no, it's polluted and it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter's born in New York City. It's like the coolest city in the world. And she's like, this place stinks and I can't wait to get out of here. Oh my goodness. And I was like, well, have fun in Indiana then, you bumpkin. <laughs> She's just doing a reverse of my life. Oh, that's funny. Because what I was subjected to was just like the locals' minimal understanding of race and culture and politics. And it w- it worked fine because I was just some rube from another country that didn't really know anything. But mm. I think that you could be... <laughs> You could be living with conspiracy theorists and not know it, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you're just this naive person that's staying in a house. So I would say, like, educate yourself on what the culture is up against and and who the marginalized people are. You know, that's just something I would do now. Yeah. To know what's up and not just be like, I don't know, breaking bread with some weird bigot. But maybe that's, you know, me. I'm I'm a grown up talking. I'm not like some young college student talking. So maybe I'm just like that. You know, it would be fascinating if you educated yourself on the culture. Be like, OK, I just want to go to the discotheque. <laughs> Whatever. So I don't know. My teacher had an issue with that. She was like, oh, so you think that uh, white people could not uh, give good, uh, you know, perspective on any black stories. You have to be black in order to tell a black story. Oh, this accent is killing me. That's how she sounded. That's how exactly how she sounded. <laughs> like, I can't lie to you. I remember it to this day. And I was just like, I was like, I didn't, I didn't say all that. I said it was my cup of tea. But hey, you said it. And I don't see an issue with that. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. And she was just so upset. The classmates were just so like in disagreement. And I was like, hey, I'm not saying if you guys want to make a black movie, make the black movie. I am not stopping you. Who am I to stop you? I'm just saying I'm not going to watch it. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. You know, it's not my thing. Paris living there is not like living like Emily in Paris. Get that out of your mind right now. (laughs) You are not going to live this extravagant life where you have the view of the Eiffel Tower from your window. I did, but that's just me. And (laughs) because I'm special, you know, I finesse my angels, God, the universe. They be here in my heart and come through most of the time. But it's going to be a lot different than what you expected. Studying abroad anywhere 
it's going to be a lot different than what you expected. But specifically for Paris, they, a lot of the buildings don't even have AC (laughs) in it. Mm -hmm. Like, like a lot of the things that you're going to experience there will be a huge culture shock if you are not willing to be flexible. Just know that, yes, it's difficult right now, but there's always a a solution. There's always a solution. Mm -hmm.